All right, guys, my name is Dr. Shornell Wolverton Sihan. So excited to have you guys join the show today. We are very, very happy to have a guest on with us that we have been looking at, talking about, you know, um, kind of bumping elbows, as Luke said earlier uh, on Facebook for quite a while and have a lot of mutual friends. So this is like about time. Even my dog's excited, so very excited. Um, before we and Craig, of course, welcome to the show. You're my co-host, so I mean, like, welcome, but whatever. Um, yeah, I'm here, hi, just, just hanging around. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, before we get started, definitely go to drshornell.com. I hope that's not going to keep going. Um, go to drshornell.com to get on the newsletter, find out what's coming up, what's in the past. We have tons of shows there. Um, we have our memberships. If you're interested in supporting us here, um, please do think about becoming a member because it does help us keep production going. To get this truth out, I'm going to have to put her up. Um, Craig, <laughs> why don't you continue this real quick while I take care of this little Sophie you dog? You go sort it out. I'll start with yeah. Luke. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you, Luke. Obviously, it, like you said, we've been rubbing shoulders on, on social media for quite a while, mixing very similar circles. Uh, so it's good to finally actually get to talk to you and to do it so publicly as well. Um, <laughs> why don't you tell people um, who you are, where you are, um, what you're up to, um, just a bit of background about yourself and we'll start there. Yeah, sure. Yeah, man. It's an honor to be here. So glad to be with you guys. Uh, yeah, it's it's been a long time coming for sure uh, for many reasons. But yeah, I love what you guys are doing. Uh, yeah, Hive, uh, you know, I've been doing online and in-person ministry. It's evolved for quite a while now, for 15 years or so. And, you know, where I've started is not at all where I am now. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, it's, it's way different, as I'm sure you two know all about. And uh, I'm located in West Virginia with my wife and four children. And um, it's an interesting place to be in because it's uh, a very... Um, very clouded, very old school religious area that I'm in, but I believe it's purposeful. And uh, mm -hmm. so we'll just, you know, leave it there for that part of it. But uh, yeah, I got started into uh, some deeper things quite a while back and started veering into that path. And that's where I really got into some of the inner circles where we all have mutual friends. And mm -hmm. I uh, started a school of immortality uh, because of the book. And, you know, just really having that message is kind of my... Um, it's kind of my main message. I have some other ones that are a little bit different, but uh, usually when I go places if people recognize me or if they hear about me doing something, they're like, there's that immortal guy. And I'm like, well, thanks. I'll take it. So I'll receive that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll just go. And so that's, that's just a little bit of a synopsis there. Well, if I could jump in, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I, I took the camera off, but I guess I didn't take the mute off. So you probably heard me calling my dog, but anyway, um, you came on the radar for me because I had a dream and I had a dream. Um, <laughs> I had a dream and, and I don't use the word, I don't throw around the word immortal. Like that's just not right. thing that is in, in my normal every day. Um, but in the dream, and I choose to remember every bit of it, but all I do remember is I felt like God or the source or presence or whatever, um, like, put this necklace on me and it was like a golden necklace and it was all caps and I remember going like you know because it was put on me and I was like what you know what did he just give me or what what is this um she she whatever this thing it wasn't a form of a body it was like an energy mm -hmm. um and when I 
asked, I could see myself suddenly and I saw the necklace from the other side and it was just all caps and it said immortal. Mm. And I felt it like in my soul. I felt it in my cells. Like I, I felt like empowered and in strength and strengthened. And, you know, we've been working with um, David Oates quite frequently over the last few months and a lot of back speech that, mm. that has been detected when, when I'm speaking uh, specifically about someone who had passed um, my backward speech or subconscious, whenever I'm talking about someone who has passed says the Earl is not dead meaning there is no death or there is no death, things like that mm -hmm. is what I'm really saying and or it saying whatever the thing is that is in us. Um, and so I looked up like the word mortal after that. I mean, I know what it means, but I'm very like, I, I like the meat and really, you know, all that stuff. So um, anyway, you came up and then I talked to Karen about it and blah, blah, blah. And then your book, like, can you hold your book up to you? I want everybody to see it. Cause I just love the cover too. Oh, I, yeah. I just think it's so cute. Uh, and it kind of, you know, that kind of airy, you know, sourcey kind of ether-ish uh, uh -huh. was what put the necklace on me. Um, wow. And I, I'm, I could still feel it even when I'm talking about it, but um, tell me what inspired you to even get on this topic. You know, you have your group, the book, you know, what was the genesis of that? So about 12 years or so ago, I was just sitting at home and uh, late night as I would normally do. Um, we had uh, a two year old and one newborn and I was just kind of sitting with my wife and reading some and I was in second Timothy and uh, I got to second Timothy one verses nine and 10. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks just drilled me. And I felt something like come from the inside of me and move through me. And I just turned and looked at my wife and I said, immortality is getting ready to be the next big message that's understood in the earth. Mm -hmm. And she did as she ever did as a loving wife, just looked back and said, that's yes, it. Yeah. <laughs> and she's just like, okay, I'm going to feed the baby. And, uh, <laughs> Timothy 1.10 says, for the Son of Man was revealed to destroy death and to reveal the gospel of life and immortality. And I just remember sitting there going, wait a minute, nobody has ever told me that the gospel includes immortality. But it just all of a sudden, something becomes real and you realize that something about your eternal self knows this already. And then the rest of you is just all of a sudden like sitting there catching up to that. And that's really where it began. So I went on this deep dive journey of, of just researching the reality of that possibility and anybody else talking about it anywhere else. And then I started realizing that it was everywhere. I just all of a sudden, clear as could be, realized that the most famous scripture that exists in the world that's on ties and socks and T-shirts and jackets was John 3.16. And I realized, wait a minute, this, is, this has nothing to do with what I've been told it has to do with. And that's where in my book, it starts off with saying these scriptures that have been used for heaven and hell have zero reference to either one of those. They mm -hmm. talk about life or death. And I realized that when you started to see that, the whole entire gospel message is the reality of John 10, 10, for I came that you may have life in it more abundant. It's all about life or death. And I just realized that everything that was being said from then on, when I read it, didn't matter how I had read it before, didn't matter where it was at, whether it was the Bible, whether it was Enoch, whether it was anything else, 
I realized everything has to do with life or death. Mm-hmm. And from that moment on, it just became the focal point until I got to this point where I knew, uh, you know, I wrote that book about two and a half years ago and I realized that it, it was something I had to release. And so that that's where it began. It just was just a scripture that came alive. And I realized, wait a minute, I have a mandate for this. And, you know, I could go into a lot more detail about over the years, spending time with the father and realizing that there was uh, that mandate on my life. But that's, that's where it really began as it just came alive at that moment. Wow. Wow. That is good. So, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm fully on board with, with the kind of the immortality message. And it is one that I've seen a few people broach on, Mm -hmm. but it's the one message that I've also noticed that, um, gets the most spiritual pushback and i think the reason for that is is because the number that the root of all fear and control is the fear of death yep that is the bottom line that's it every fear is rooted in the fear of death when you start talking about immortality and the fact that we are we can embody immortality um longevity immortality um, you're attacking at the root of every control structure that is inf- inflicted on us in this three-dimensional whatever's going on. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. You know, have you experienced that? I mean, what is your experience when you have this revelation? Well, 50-50 uh, and really more like 70-30. You know, <laughs> so there's two, two sides of that coin. Two sides of that coin that makes what you just said so accurate. One is that People have no idea the powers that be, and we can veer off into a whole other deeper context of things with with the gods and Elohim and the rulers and entities and aliens and all sorts of stuff that are at play that are wanting to live, but want you to die. (laughs) And they want you to die so that they live. So there's that whole one side of the coin. Mm -hmm. And then there's the other side of the coin where people don't believe that they are supposed to live because they have believed some kind of false identity that says death is a doorway into some time, some kind of eternal reality called heaven. Mm-hmm. And so instead of understanding that it's through the person of Christ and that it's through the ultimate source of our, our Genesis that we've been immortal since we ever even existed in any type of other dimensional realm or entity or body or whatever, we've always been an eternal being. We've always been immortal and we'll always be immortal, but they, they, they recognize that, in the spiritual side, but they, they don't, they can't fathom it in their body. Cause you, they get told from the very start, there's only two things real brother, death and taxes. And then they, <laughs> that's, that's West Virginia for me. That's what I've heard right. all my life is death and taxes. And then the reality of that is, is they believe death is a welcome thing, even though it's weird. They don't want it to happen for the first 80 years or so. But then it becomes this this whole big welcome doorway into this eternal reward or whatever they've you know been told all their life. And so now all of a sudden death is amazing because they get to go off into eternal pleasure. And it's like, well, w- what if you just wouldn't die? And what if you wouldn't be susceptible to the things that bring death? And they're like, well, I mean, I, I, and, and it's just a grid that most people have never had, a paradigm that many people don't have. So the pushback is, is A, they've watched all their generations die, and they think that everybody else before them has died. But really, it's because the truth has been withheld on how many people really have been immortal for so long. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, people can tell you Enoch and Elijah, but they have no idea the the thousands, maybe even more, hundreds of thousands that Enoch took into the heavenlies that never tasted death. And they can't, they don't realize that Moses never died. And they don't realize that this has been a reality for so many things that are even outside of Christendom. Now, obviously there's major spiritual pushback within the church community on that, mm-hmm. but they don't even have a clue that there's cultures that know how to rainbow body. So they don't taste death. They just pick the day they're going to decide they're going right. to ascend or turn into the ethereal realm or whatever they decide they want to do. And other cultures that live for hundreds and thousands of years and then just decided, well, I'm, I'm ready to move on. And I mean, you can you can read all over if you really start to research in your own history. People can find that there are saints of old that live three and four and 500 years, some that are still alive now Mm -hmm. that if they did ever move on, they decided to do it. It wasn't (laughs) like something could take them out. They literally could do what the most high Yeshua in a bodily form decided to do when he said, no one can take my life from me only if I lay it down. And so now you can even go find Catholic saints bodies that are on glass display cases where their head is separated from their body. And there's no there's still a little bit of blood dribbling out. And, and if you could touch them through the case, I guarantee you they'd feel like they were still living. So anyway, yeah, there's major pushback just because the mindset that, that we've been indoctrinated with and programmed with in the matrix system, even before we're born, even being formed in our mother's womb, we have the indoctrination that says this is the way things go. And then you're generational DNA. We have even epigenetics that say, I have forefathers that starved. I have forefathers that were murdered. I have forefathers that only lived till 20 years old and died of tuberculosis or whatever. You know what I mean? And then, so all of that is something that tries to keep our consciousness held back into this thing that says, Oh, I got to die and it's going to be great. Bang on. <laughs> Can you explain rainbow body just for the, for people who, may not know what rainbow body is. Yeah, sure. It's an awesome thing to investigate. Uh, I learned it from David Wilcock many years ago in one of Me his too. books. Yeah, yeah. I saw I saw, I saw you talk about him the other day. Which yeah. <laughs> I, love him. I do love him. <laughs> there has been a change over the years. Yeah, but, we'll get him uh, back. We'll get him back. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Once he got his teeth and his hair. Anyway, so the... Um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, th- there's there's some cultures uh, in the Middle Eastern realm where they they know how to decide when they just want to go off. And it's called rainbow body because when they go back into a cave, they're usually there for about roughly three or four days is usually how it goes. And when the rest of the village knows that they have transitioned, it's because they'll literally start to see rainbow like uh, almost like my background or like the Northern lights or something move across the sky and around that cave uh, cavern area. And they'll even hear like trumpets and, and just music, glorious heavenly type music. And then after that, you can go back into that cave and you'll find this little two and a half to three foot. Sometimes the sizes can vary, but it's generally roughly two to two and a half feet tall, uh, little, what look like shrunken statues, mm-hmm. but that's literally the person that was a full grown person that walked into that cave and just gave up their spirit, if you will. And I I don't know exactly, nobody really knows that I've been able to research exactly how they're able to make that happen, Mm -hmm. but it's something they've known for generations upon generations. And so they just go in and they decide they're moving on and the rainbows come through the sky. And I believe from what I've begun to research that, they're actually turning themselves back into those frequencies and into those collars and into those. I would even venture to say there's probably an an amazing smell too. 
mm-hmm. not being like not being facetious, not like a bad <laughs> there's probably a smell. No, like I'd say there's probably an amazing uh, smell as well. But we definitely know that there's frequency, sound and uh, visuals that take place. So when you release yourself into that, as you mentioned earlier, ethereal realm, you'll actually realize that everything we are is part of a vibrational frequency that becomes wave and collapse pattern. And so in that wave, we can return back to the original essence of light, energy, sound, smoke, and frequency waves. And so I think that's what they've learned how to do. And they just become that again. And they, that's, that, you know, they just decided that's, that's my day's come ready to move on. <clears throat> what I find interesting about that is <clears throat> obviously coming from a, a Christian background, which we all do here. Um, you know, we all know the resurrection story of, of Jesus. Um, we've always, or the traditional story is that, yes, that was Jesus. That's because he was God in human form, but not that's that's not for us. You know, that was for him kind of attitude. Right. But I think what we're discovering in, something in this generation is that everything that that was right for him also applies to us everything that he is is also what we are you are sorry shano and better greater things and better exactly exactly um and and i think that this this is a really really important message to have just to get it into the collective conscious that we are not subject to death and suffering and decay um and um you know I, i think we need to talk about this and, and and it's not just reserved for the Christian tradition, even though Jesus definitely embodied the resurrection life. He says, I am the resurrection and the life, right? You know, what, we, what, what with, with the kind of Christian narratives that have been dismantled over the past several years, we realize that the gospel or the Christ message, as I call it, um, incorporates all of humanity, everybody. Yep. So, what these, I, I, I believe you're talking about sort of Buddhist monks are tapping into that. And that really offends Christians, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, they, uh, it's so much like the story of the disciples so many times saying, hey, these people are doing this. And so many times she was like, yeah, that's cool. And they're like, wait a minute, you're not pissed? And he's like, no, I'm good. Let them do it. Let them keep doing it. You know, this is kind of why I came to teach everybody. And they're just kind of like, well, we're, we're supposed to be the only ones. And he's like, no. Nah. No, nah, if they're for us, they're not against us, you know. Right. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you're totally right. See, I, I'm I'm fully into, and that's obviously something that's got me into a lot of trouble, even before the immortality thing. Is that you know he came for all, and that's very clear. He's the last Adam. He's he, you know he's a life of all. He's a light that is the life of all men. I mean, it's very clear scripturally. And if you just want to take even the Bible to try to thump me with it, trust me, I've got the Bible memorized, and I don't mean that whatever. But I've had so many people come at me when I can just quote things right off the top of my head and like, well, I, I can't really do that. I just don't believe in it. It's like, come on, man. You know, like, don't, don't just be in that, you know, and he is the resurrection and the life. And he is the life that is the light of all men, which means all men only came into existence because of his life and because of his light. And that's the only reason why there's anybody that exists, whatever they may believe in this culture right now, they, they, they came into existence because of him. And that's one of my favorite places right after I started really digging into that Second uh, Timothy 1.10 is John 11.35 and 36 was the next area that really rocked my world. Because this is when he goes to Lazarus and they're like, hey, if you'd have been here, Lazarus would have lived. And it's like, yes, that's true. But then also he is like, I am also the resurrection and life. So here's two major things. 
this is why it's like you're immortal even if you don't know it because he says you can live and believe in me and die and live again or you can believe in me and never die so you kind of got two options <laughs> so it's like there there either way you're ultimately going to live so your only end goal is life and so then the other thing is not to try to open too much too fast but then the other thing is is what's really being alive See, that's the thing that I've often questioned, too, is it says we're surrounded by so many cloud of witnesses, which means there's nobody really dead. But yet the church will toss at me. And this is one they've yelled at me a lot about is it says he's a God of the living, not a, not the God of the dead. Well, au contraire, mon frere, because that was before he went to the cross in linear time, which people forget that he was crucified before the foundation of the world. So then that really begins the rocks and paradigms. If you say, well, everything you think is real at the physical cross 2000 some years ago, now take it and put it before the world was even founded. That, that'll that really start to begin to fry your gourd and kill all your sacred cows. You'll have a you know, whole lot of sacred cow barbecue and you really begin to focus on that and look at it backwards. Now start at the cross and go back through everything and it'll just like everything I taught was wrong. But the point is, is that when he was um, talking there and said that I am the resurrection and the life, people don't understand that they have been life before they ever understood a consciousness of death. And so before we've ever moved into this realm, we don't know, we, we don't get taught it is the problem unless we begin to search for it, that we are to restore time. We're to redeem time. Mm -hmm. And that's the reality of uh, Ephesians 5.11, redeem time for the days are evil. What that means is, is time's already fulfilled and time is the only realm that's been corrupted. And so in the in the corruption of time is where death and decay can exist. And so when you enter into it, you're supposed to actually redeem it, remove decay, remove death. But you can't understand that when you think that you are meant for that as well. But when you become like Yeshua and say, the only reason I'm going to die is for a purpose and you'll never have to. And then you can become like John, the beloved, who's still walking around today and be like Enoch, who's still walking around today and be like all these immortal ones that have existed for who knows how long at this point. And anyway, like I said, I'm opening up too many tangents here. But my, my point is, is that, you know, people are life before they even have a consciousness of death. They just don't realize it. Right, right. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, I've got a frog in my throat for a bit. Um, I've, I love what you just said there about uh, time because I've I've said this to a few people and it and it's a really simple concept, but um, it blows people's minds. You know, we, we're so focused on time and how do we measure time? It's it's solar cycles. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the the spin of the planet and and the rotations around the sun. So you go outside of our solar system which is a very geographical place what happens then do we age do we right. what happens time doesn't exist in the way that we think it does um and so <laughs> i i think i know the answer to this question but i want your perspective on it um how do we get to the place where we are no longer controlled or affected by time and is that a key do you think to agelessness and immortality. Yeah, absolutely. So the further we go in, the further we go in, and this is how I think goes back to the rainbow body reality, the further we go into the kingdom that is within us, and you can find many people that have wrote upon wrote about that uh, upon this subject for years. There's one, uh, it's called the Glass Castle. I'm trying to remember exact. I think it was, um, I think it was, uh, uh, 
of uh, she was from Norwich. Um, anyway, there's a you'll be able to find it. it's called the Glass Castle, but it's uh, basically one of the uh, Catholic saints from the. <laughs> Okay. Craig, okay. Craig, that's you again. I, I'm muted. Okay, go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> Sorry, I, man. I hate that for Craig, but um. <laughs> Change the mic back to my computer mic. Carry on, sorry. Okay, keep going. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah, so the further the further we go in to the realm, so Ecclesiastes 3.11 says that he's put eternity within your hearts. Mm -hmm. And so when you really begin to dig into that, you realize that that's why there's so many people that are beginning to become breathinarians again, and many that are living off of photosynthesis, because they realize that we are these waves and these frequencies. And God the Father, the Source, the Ultimate One, is actually pure energy and pure uh, frequency. And so actually a lot of the stuff that we are putting into our uh, body is actually bringing all that energy and all that frequency down. So when we begin to get up into, and science is really breaking this down really well, and there's some great books that are out there. Joe Dispenza has one called Becoming Superhuman, or maybe it's Supernatural, either way. Yeah, Becoming and he's teaching people not from a Christ perspective, even though he knows Christ and references Christ, but he's teaching it from a uh, meditative scientific perspective that people can change the frequency, which is, hey, Romans 12, 2, Paul got that to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So when you begin to change your thoughts and begin to alter the coherence of your heart and your mind into the godness, the Christ consciousness, the Christ mindset, then what you're doing is you're actually bringing all that you are from the inside out to that place that is beyond being under the sun. So many years ago, the father spoke to me one day, I was reading some stuff and praying and I got to where it said, uh, there's nothing new under the S-U-N the sun. And I was like, oh yeah. And I started to move on. And all of a sudden just clearly a father said, but everything is new in the S-O-N. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I see what you did there. And I realized that when it talks about in Ephesians 2, for you've been raised up and seated in Christ Jesus in heavenly places far above all earthly things, that includes the time realm. So when you begin to see yourself where you're actually from, which actually Christ says, I am the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the Aleph Tav. So the first three words of the scripture is actually in the beginning. This is actually referencing us being in a place not of time, but in a place of a personhood. And so what we've been restored to is that place of personhood, which is the beginning and the end. So then you begin to decide what is actually the beginning and what is the end and co-creating in the Christ mindset and being a Christ being. And so then you begin to realize that there's nothing that you have to be dictated by within this realm. You're actually the one that dictates this realm. There's nothing that gives life to this earth. It is not self-sufficient like we think it is. It actually exists because of the photosynthesis of the life and light that we give unto it. Mm 
And when we are breathing out, the reason we're breathing out is because we're breathing in from the heavenly realm and releasing that into the earthly realm. And the further we go into that and the deeper we go into that, the more you realize that you're within a whole new kingdom, that Mount Zion kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of the father that is superseding all of this. And actually, all of this is within you while it looks as if you're inside of it. And so it, it gets deep as far as trying to actually explain it like, you know, just, you know, this makes sense. Let me tell you. But <laughs> in my experiences with it and researching other people as well and then, you know, traveling into some of these lanes, it's the reality of the fact that all of the resurrection power, to put it in a biblical way, a.k.a. creative power and creative light and creative life. First Corinthians 15, you are a, a life giving spirit. So we are a life-giving spirit that exists with this frame, and we usually see that backwards. We see ourselves as a human that has a spirit, but when we begin to shift into that reality of understanding, I've actually always been a spirit being, will always be a spirit being, and then I have many different bodies, not even just this one, but multiple different bodies that I can move in and out of in different dimensional realms, and then you begin to lose what you get told you have to have in this realm. It's like in my school of immortality, I had Brian Orm speak and he said something right off the bat. I was like, oh, I wish I had thought of that. But he said, he said something. He said, people say time heals all wounds. If that was the case, elderly people would be the most healed people that walk around. But that's not true. And I was like, oh, you're good, man. You're good. Because once again, to go back to what you were saying, time. So, well, the way we see time is actually us creating it in that reality. So if you see yourself getting older and you celebrate the birthdays, I'm not condemning celebrating birthdays. I'm just saying Prince one time, the musician was asked how old he was. And he said, I don't even know. And they thought he was all joking. Everybody's laughing and he's just looking all serious. And they're like, you really don't know how old you are. And he said, no, I don't keep count. Like, what do you mean? He said, the last birthday I remember having was like 12 years old. And after that, he didn't keep track. So he said, I don't know. He said, I don't, I don't, I don't measure myself like that. So anyway, I found that very intriguing one day when I saw that, because that's that's us living in a linear realm that's not even real, well, but we create linear. Yeah, well, that's Dr. Lucky is uh, my my doctor and has been a mentor, co co-worker, whatever. Um, he oh, and, and Bob Tennyson also says, how young are you when he's talking to a kid or a person? Yeah. You know, we don't really ask adults how unless it's their birthday. People might say. Oh, well, how old are you? And I've been trained to say, how young are you? Because that's a program too. It's like just automatically putting old oldness on people. <laughs> it's true. It's true. That's very good. And so really that, that mindset of living from out of that realm and the way time works in the spirit realm, you begin to realize you'll live yourself, your life in this realm and create it the same way as that realm. So to answer your question, Craig, it, you know, it took me a half hour to get back around to it is to <laughs> is to you begin to go further deep into the kingdom of light and life within you in the Christ kingdom. Then you begin to live from that realm and you will actually bring it into this realm. So the other thing with immortality is, is that I have friends that have uh, done youth renewals. They've actually reverse aged. And I had him speak in, in my school, my buddy David Zabo from Australia. He actually is in his 50s, but there's several different occasions where he's purposefully focused on it. 
and has taught people on it where people will look at him and say, you got to be no more than 35, you know, when they guesstimate his age and you can actually look at before and after photos and he looks like he's gone backwards. And it's because he, he does this permanent focus on that. And he actually uh, teaches his body how to go backwards and age. And so he heals his cellular makeup from the inside out. And once again, this is Paul speaking where he says we long not to lay down this tent, but to be clothed further from the inside out. That's clothing yourself further with your spirit, man, with your light body. And eventually that becomes transfiguration. And so then that's where you go ultimately into the light, the creative light that supersedes created light. Creative light is everything that is can exist and created is everything that does exist. The only reason we see each other is because all of this is made up in created light, which means it's become collapsed particle form outside of the wave. But when we recognize we're fully wave, we can return back to that wave. And then everything about us becomes fluid again. And that's where you can move into different dimensional realms all at the same time. That's where you'll never taste death. That's where you can't decay because you're greater than even the light of this realm. That's what it really means when it says there'll be no need for the sun, the moon, or the stars, and the kingdom for the lamb is the light of the world. Well, it's not just saying it's just the one being, which obviously it is Christ, but also he says, you're one with me. So that means when you begin to light up everything around you, then you supersede the sun, the moon, and the stars. Mm. <clears throat> I have nothing for answers. <laughs> no, that, it's good. I'm really enjoying this. Um because, um, again, many questions are coming up. Something that you said, which I know will appeal to um, certain folks who may be listening to this, but we know or we've heard, and I'm sure you're on board with this, that there is age regression technology. Yeah. Um, you know, every, a lot of people have heard of the 20 and back now where, the, you know, without going too deep into it, um, <laughs> they have technology where they can actually replenish your, your cells. What I am really interested in is yes, I'm all. I don't. I think technology is wonderful. I'm all for it. But but we are the greatest technology on this yeah. planet, and anything that technology can do, I believe that we can do from a spiritual perspective. That what technology does is kind of embodies in a material way what is spiritual in us. Yeah. Um. And and what you said again previously about um you know I love it. it just blows my mind that that bible verse that says that he's placed eternity in men's hearts mm -hmm. so when i was talking about time and you know a physical geographical place beyond the solar system outside of what we measure time as it's already in our hearts that yep. the heart is a portal into the timeless realms and i think it's really fascinating that there is a big big emphasis in in every circle that i kind of am involved with of getting into the heart space meditation mm -hmm. in, in in the heart because we're actually i believe we're learning to access the very thing you're talking about yeah and um, and we've got to break this into the the collective consciousness that we're not we don't have to be subject to to decay and eventual physical death we have to bring this into the material and and replenish our bodies i mean let's do well, it <laughs> so yeah to your point you know one of the things that's coming out right now um, and a few of my friends that I know uh, through Karen as well that uh, are experiencing this now are like the miracle pods and like the uh, healing beds. Mm -hmm. And the reality of that is, is exactly what you just said. The only reason I believe 
I'm fully on board with what you said. I only think there's any physical technology that exists because it's been pulled out of a reality that is a spiritual truth. Right. And so everything that we know that is in existence, whether we would call it good or bad from, you know, whatever that perspective may be from the eye of the beholder is something that is a spiritual technology. And so med beds, healing beds, uh, miracle pods, all that kind of stuff is a reality that is 100 percent of what's real with inside of you. Yeshua was a healing pod. <laughs> I mean, that's just the reality of it. Right. Paul was. I mean, we are as well. Bingo. Exactly. Life-giving spirit means anything that is lacking life, we are able to infiltrate with life, ourselves or others. I mean, I've, I've healed some uh, trees and some shrubs on my property. Mm -hmm. and, and people have no grid for that kind of stuff, but people have been doing it for a long time. And there's an amazing book. I think I might even have it right here. Nope, I took it somewhere else. Anyway, there's a, there's a there's a book I read uh, about a you know he was pretty much a church age evangelical minister, but he was onto some stuff, and he was talking about healing creation, and he was talking about how we can go beyond just healing people. And I mean, when he wrote this in the '90s, it was like you know burn that man alive, Salem witch trial, because it was like what is this dude talking about? He's talking about going out and healing trees and healing flowers and streams of water. And it's like, you know, I, now there's so many people, the percentage of the amount of people that had a grid for that to now has exponentially increased mm -hmm. because people are beginning to really recognize that it's not just about, you know, we shouldn't pollute our world. We shouldn't destroy, you know, our earth and our creation. You know, we got to live here, man, and the animals got to live here. It's moved from this like almost like hippie consciousness and in a way it was perceived by people who thought they were crazy to now those same people are uh, the children of, of that age of people that are now like, you know, we need to heal all of creation. We need to heal the earth. We need to heal people. We need to heal animal. You know, we need to restore these things. And it's true. Um, you know, I know of a powerful story where Joshua Mills, I'm sure you guys have probably heard of Joshua Mills. You know, he's a little bit outside of the realm, I think, that most of us hang out in. But I've met the man. He's genuine. He's true. He's real. He's awesome. And he carries an amazing portal to bring things from the spirit realm into the natural realm. Well, in a meeting one time, he was praying over this lady and he prophesied complete restoration over her entire life. And she had like tumors fall off her body right in that moment. Here's the real kicker. She walked outside to her car where she'd been in a car accident and one of her doors had been dented in and the back end had the bumper ripped off. Her car was perfect. She didn't even know it was hers when she first went out there <laughs> until that. she looked license plate and then realized wait a second this really is my car yeah. because all this well, our physical cars, yeah our cars and our homes actually energetically reflect us anyway and there's yeah. books about that my home my car and dr dr michael lincoln has a lot on that i actually did conferences with with um joshua years ago uh, we went they did a whole tour in australia and we saw some crazy things going on glitter and yeah. and all kinds of things you know popping out of nowhere and um even i mean i was seeing stuff that i hadn't experienced myself in my own meetings um but you know and energetically i some of you may have heard my story with robert stevens you know just energy helped me clean and clear the c word and yeah. uh, and we I've seen this over and over just with your voice or your tone, you know, sound healing, things like that. So, again, that goes back to us being the healers, us being the pod, 
um, I just went through, um, and I haven't even talked to Craig about this, but I just came back um, with Michelle and we did a, um, five, four and a half days of body electronics. Mm. And it includes, you know, decrees and different things, holding points. And, you know, you know, Craig knows some of the things that have gone on with me in the past that are not an issue now. Um, I was at one time going to have to have a second surgery and I'm, I don't, I don't really think that's going to happen now. That's um, so am so I, and I'll have to catch up with you, Craig, but uh, <laughs> pretty miraculous, um, you know, more mobility in my arms and, you know, just different, different things all with awesome. just people sitting in a group doing their thing and facilitating this, you know, yeah. yes, there were some supplements involved and like really getting the body in, in a place to be tuned. Um, right. you know, we amped up like four weeks of minerals, enzymes, probiotics, you know, no alcohol, no any other pharmaceutical, like, you know, just really clean diet for, you know, several weeks before we came there because we were on purpose, like with a mission to not only get what we cho chose, but every individual there um, had their own version. Uh, there was a guy there with major cognitive issues and he wasn't able to speak uh, more than a few really at all. Couldn't put on a belt, couldn't read. Uh, when we left, he was reading, uh, he was dressing himself he was speaking in three or four words in a sentence. Um, his memory was back there. And then we had weird stuff too, where a lady who had been estranged from her, not weird, awesome stuff, that had been estranged from her dad for 23 years. And during the meeting, gets a call from her dad. I mean, um, and you know, the thing is, love is not um, suppression. Let me change this. Suppression is not selective. So when we, uh, in my book, The Science of Miracles, I talk about the first thing in the header is you can't pee in the pool and hope it doesn't get everywhere. Um, <laughs> there's no smoking section, right? So energy is er en energy. So if there's a leak, there's a leak in every area, whether it's finances, relationships, health, all of it. So when we clean up, you know, one area, like you said with this um, lady, you know, her car got better. You know, for me, um, we were seeing financial things happen. There was two people who owed me money. And as I cleaned up and got some stuff straight in my body, I got texts within an hour, two people mm. who owed me money, who just like paid me back and mm. or at least started the ball rolling. And I was like, you know, and, and I, and yet I was like surprised. Cause I was like, Oh my God, Oh my God. Now this has happened. Now this has happened. And we were just like, Whoa, but you know, again, suppression isn't selective. And I'll just add this one more thing. This is the year the door opened, right? You know, what is it? Um, no doors. Tell me. Okay. Um, I'm getting out beside myself. God will open doors that no man can open and shut yeah. doors that no man can shut or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, Isaiah 22. What is it? 22? Isaiah 22. That's the other thing about it. Two, 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 two. Thank you for reminding me of that. So yeah. before we left, you know, again, we were prepping and, mm -hmm. um, the door that we walk out of, it's not our front door, but it goes to the carport. It wouldn't lock anymore. Like we were having trouble with the lock. And um, I was like, what is going on? I was kind of annoyed and, you know, whatever. And it's one of those like lock things where you put in a code. So I didn't have a key and it was just annoying. Right. So um, then 
my husband and I are living in separate places, not because we don't get along, but just because we're co-parenting at this moment and have been doing this for a while. And he didn't know that this was going on, but when he came home, he started fixing it. And when we went back to the other place where our other children are, that door was also doing the same thing. And I was like, what the heck? And um, right then we get something from within an hour, we get something from our um, retreat center. And the manager there said, the lock on the door isn't, it won't lock. There's something going on. We don't, you know, she was like, can you come over and look at it or whatever? And I was like, okay, we go back to the house here and both doors won't lock uh, front and the back which he just changed the batteries on this one. But now these two doors, then I go upstairs, the door won't shut. Wow. Uh, then we get a text from our Airbnb in Montana and the manager says, Hey, can you, um, can you call me? Something's going on with the lock. I've been working on it since the 23rd and we might need to get a new lock system. So it was like, what is that all about? <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, again, Anyway, crash. I just had a thought now. I'm sure that Isaiah 2222 um, talks about the key of David. Now, you need a key yep. to unlock things. Mm -hmm. um, the key of David. David was a master of sound and frequency. Mm -hmm. <gasps> That's all I've been. I have like three or four books on my bed that I'm studying that right now. But keep going. Yeah. I just, just something I was just thinking of then the key of David and, and, yeah, that obviously he 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 wasn't just playing a harp. He understood the creation of the universe through sound, frequency, vibration. Yep. Um, then maybe there's a key there, the key of David. We might need to look into that. So yeah. well, what happened, and we did cranial, right? So that had to do with the inside of your mouth and your brain, and it, it changes your tone of your voice. And, and think about it. When your voice changes or the, even the tone of what how you say something, you could say, yeah, I'm doing great. Or you say, <laughs> yeah, I'm doing great. And yeah. that changes like the feel. Right. Uh, and it comes yeah. from the heart, going back to what Craig was saying. It's mm -hmm. from the heart. And when the feel changes, what comes to us changes, right? Yeah. And so um, there's just this uh, live conversation that's going on in the subconscious and in the field at all times. There's an exchange Yes. Uh, through tone and through projection through the cells what we're talking about thinking about listening to you know all those things is what is the information of the field and so you know we're seeing or anything that we see is just a manifestation of what's really going on and so even with the parasite cleanse that we're, we're you know we're have done um so everything works together like just like um what is it colossians you know everything works together um, you know, yep. and so it's, it's interesting, but yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to say something about that because, uh, for a long time I was on a journey about recognizing, uh, speaking things into reality. And there was a period where I was seeing things, basically everything come to pass. And then all of a sudden I came to this point where I was like, um, now it's almost nothing coming to pass. I'm like, what, what is going on? So I had to backtrack and go in and I realized that it was the way I was believing things. And so 
it, it, and so my journey came through Romans seven, the whole talk there where Paul is talking about how he says, I do the things I long not to do. And I am this man that wishes he was not doing the things that he was tempted. To. Anyway, when you go read it, you realize he's talking about all these things. And so when I dug into that, all of a sudden, like a light bulb, it came on to me what you just said. Our subconscious is where it really matters. So we can consciously Literally. know that we feel Literally, that way. Yeah, it really matters. We matter. That's it. And that's that real true coherence. So where that that place comes into uh, effect where no thing is impossible is when you have pure coherence. It's when your subconscious and your conscious are totally aligned in the same mind and you literally are no longer a double-minded man and i know so many people have taught about that on so many different ways but the reality of that is is you no longer have a subconscious you just have conscious yes what that means is you no longer have a duality yeah do you talk about it come on <laughs> and i realized i had to refocus because i was not believing things subconsciously even though consciously i did and so now I was at this war where the frequency that was coming out of me was really, truly coming out of my heart because out of the overflow of the heart, not the mind, the mouth speaks. So the frequency, not just even the words, like you said, it's not even necessarily the words. So even if I was saying, hey, life, the if I wasn't really believing it subconsciously, it's coming out, you know, yeah. in this wave pattern. It's just, and that was the reality that we need to recognize is that when you have a incoherence or you have a disconnect between your subconscious and your conscious, then that's where you're actually still prone to death. You're still prone to decay. You're still prone to all the waves as it talks about in James. What really that is the frequencies. Those are all the frequencies that are being released from the news, the radio that are released from out of the sky that are released in, in all these different ways. That is the war against who we actually are is a frequency war. And I don't have to tell you to that. You know it. I've seen what you guys have talked about, who you've talked to all your audience understands it's a frequency war. And there's those who understand it and seeing the frequency through movies and music and television and commercials. And that's why they want to bombard you nonstop with all this stuff about side effects and about pharmacy and uh, pharmacia and about their medicine and all this kind of stuff is even if nobody, and, and here's the thing that is off most people's grid is a lot of times this stuff isn't even actually out there to try to get people to actually buy something. It's out there because it's a frequency that's being yeah. released. It's an exactly. entrainment. And exactly. I call it when that mix match is going on, I call that energetic purgatory because it just gets you, you're stuck energetically. Uh, and I have a whole table, uh, like a chart that shows, you know, the echo wave and everything because it comes to, to look to see if you're for real. And if your echo wave isn't connected, then you, you don't go forward or I don't go forward or whoever doesn't go forward. And I was stuck there. And Craig knows, like, for about six months, December is really, I think, when it really started getting crazy. And I have, I have reversed it. And I am still, like, I'm going, I'm like, boom, boom, boom. Like, here we go. And it all happened yeah. in this last few days. And I'm like, woo, this is so exciting. Like, but, you know, we have the power to shift. Right. You know, we are powerful. Powerful. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. It's like Bruce Almighty when he comes around the street and he re realizes, I mean, truthfully, it sounds hilarious, but when he really realizes all of a sudden he's been given the power to be God, 
and he comes around that corner and he's that song i got the power and he like blows the hydrant off and he moves all the cars it's like that's really the reality of who we are when we recognize you know Somebody that I that I highly admire said something one time that stuck with me since that moment. It says if a if a giraffe gives birth to a giraffe, or if a giraffe gives birth, what does it give birth to? A giraffe. If a lion gives birth, what does it give birth to? A lion. So if God gave birth, what did God give birth to? Right. And once again, it's one of those things that's off of most of the uh, you know Christendom realm grid because they can't answer that and say they can say I'm a son of God or they can say one person was a son of God but to be like well if God gives birth what does he give birth to they're like oh now you've entered a place I can't go and it's like oh. yeah yeah it's the truth Jesus talked about that in body electronics is it Michelle and Mark that were saying that where did you hear that from what is it the horse the giraffe thing where did you hear that from? oh Chris Blackaby oh okay yeah 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 yeah, I literally like that's they talked about this last week too, and it was just like, you know, if a horse gives birth, you know, what is it? It's a horse. It's like, okay, what's up? Said that was in Michelle's class. Yes. Yeah. Uh, she might have took she might have took that from me, my friend. But I took it from somebody <laughs> else. It doesn't matter. <laughs> that's interesting. Awesome. Well, it was an thank you, whoever Chris or whoever the genesis of it, because it's yeah, like, right. wow. But yeah. Because that's the thing is when, when we recognize our DNA, and of course, I think we're coming to the end, so I don't need to keep on going about some of this stuff and open new cans. But the whole thing is, is when we really recognize, you know, the father spoke to me way early on in my journey. So the misunderstanding of me creates a misidentity of you. And so that's when I really began to, to step back from everything I've been taught all my life and just say, OK, you know, woolly willy, let me shake the board and, and you just rebuild it all for me. And that's when things started to just go nuts in my life in a really good way and in a really bad way, too, in some perspectives, because I was deconstructing everything I knew and unlearning everything I'd been learned. But when he started actually showing up and appearing and speaking to me directly and all those kinds of things, it was pretty hard to argue with the reality of it, you know, and it's just it comes down to the DNA of who you are and the DNA of who you are is an immortal being. You're, you're the DNA of your father. You're the DNA of God, which means you're indestructible. You're undefeatable. Even if somebody's physical body goes down, lays in the ground, they're not dead. Death doesn't exist anymore. It says death. Where is your sting? He defeated death hell and the grave. All of it's defeated. So death is defeated. So it's up to us to consciously and subconsciously decide nobody's dead anymore. They're just a part of the cloud, which is the energy. And when you really get into, into splitting hairs over it, all that's inside of you anyway. Because if all the kingdoms inside of you, then all your forefathers and all the ones that are yet to be are all inside of you anyway. <laughs> I'm thinking I just got it because no wonder where they got the cloud from with our phones and whatever. Yeah. It's like the cloud witnesses. Well, it even says we are encompassed. And when you begin to recognize that word, it we think of encompassed like this. But when you actually go and break in the Aramaic and the Hebrew of that word, it doesn't mean around us. It means that you're clothed with. And so it's not your external clothing. It would be that internal clothing. So where do the angels come from? The angels ascending and descending from off the son of man. That means they're moving in and out of us. Jacob's ladder is within us. The kingdom of heaven is within you. We've now come to Mount Zion. That means all of this that is in existence, that it was existent before any of this was in existence, is now what is within us. Going back to that that Craig mentioned about eternity within our hearts. Where he was like, yeah, because that's one of the most, I, I get it. That one has blown my mind for 20 plus years now, and as well as a few others. But 
you know, that's the whole reality of renewing our mind to become metamorphu. That word for be transformed is the word metamorphu, which is where we get our English metamorphosis. And it's only used twice in the scriptures. It's right there in Romans 12, 2. And in Mark 9, when it describes Yeshua transfiguring, it said that he metamorphu. So that word there is where we get metamorphosis. And that's where you see a caterpillar become a butterfly. That's where you see a person become transfigured. That's where you see something that was a certain way completely cellular change into something that is a whole nother being, but it started out this way. And so the whole idea is that, you know, a caterpillar never was meant to stay a caterpillar. It was always meant to be a butterfly, but it started out in a different way, right? So we're the same thing. We were always a butterfly before we ever saw ourselves as a caterpillar. Wow. I should write a children's book or something. <laughs> you should. So um, as I zoned out before, so I've had two tech issues in this um, in this show, and I've never had a tech issue before. So I know for a fact that Jacob Rothschild, Bill Gates, and George Soros and Satan are sat there attacking my internet feed. <laughs> it's got to um, be. Couldn't be anything about only you. Only logical explanation. Anyway, <laughs> because I, I had the thought what I was going to say was um, before, before I was chucked out, um, that like, Darkness is doesn't have any substance. It is the absence of light. Right. Death has no substance. It is just the absence of life. So we are already immortal. We're not trying to become immortal. It's we're realizing we already are. And yeah. I think in spiritual circles, you know, they, they accept the fact that there is life beyond the material. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about reincarnation cycles, um, going back to where we were before, what, in whatever capacity that is. But the, the, the fact of the matter is, I would like to, sort of my final thought on this would be, we've got to bring this into this material three-dimensional world yeah. from wherever we are seated in Christ in heavenly places. Right. And we've got to birth it. And that's why I think we've got to bring this into our vocabulary. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that that we are not subject to death because that it, it has no substance. It is nothing unless we give it, something through fear and through um you know manifesting it like we've just been talking we we manifest we don't manifest life we man we are life we manifest death so we that shift in our subconscious and our conscious mind that we are already immortal will start to radically shift our our biology i believe so that would be yeah. my final thought yeah. <laughs> yeah that's so good man that's so good because if you look at it as like the fountain of life being centered inside of you like your iron your iron man core mm -hmm. would be the fountain of life and when you see that beginning to flow through your veins so here, here's here's the way the father showed it to me about the picture of who we are revelation 22 the last book of the bible <coughs> which doesn't talk about future events by the way it talks about past events anyway uh that's a whole nother little side <laughs> nugget but, uh revelation 22 it actually talks about the tree and it says that there's a tree that is planted in the middle of the waters on either side of the bank. So I want, I want us to see this. this is, I teach on this. When you look at it, you realize that tree is actually rooted on both sides of the bank and the water runs through it. And it says that water comes from out of the throne. Now, here's the reality that we're halfway in heaven and we're halfway in this dimensional realm. That's simplifying things drastically because we're actually in many, many, many different places. But just for the sake of conversation, we are that tree that is in two different realms, multiple different realms planted on either bank. And yet that same water is flowing through us. So it flows into us from one realm and flows out of us into many other realms. 
Mm-hmm. And so you're 100 percent right. And so when we begin to see ourselves as that life giving spirit, as the one who has rivers of living waters flowing from out of their belly, that word is there's a midst of your core essence and being. Then we tra- change the understanding of who we are. Therefore, we change what we do unto others. And then we bring that life we're meant to bring. Awesome. That's yeah. I hate to cut you short, but we, no, it's fine. We got to go, and this is so freaking cool, and I love it. So, where can we find you? Uh, so right now I'm pretty much just on Facebook. I have uh, uh, and Patreon, but my Patreon page is listed under my name on Facebook, so in my profile. So, Facebook. Uh, Luke Kasagi is hilarious, but you, or you can just look up Luke Agee. There's a long story with that. Just look up Luke Agee, and then how do you pronounce your surname? What's the? I, I, I don't know. How do you pronounce your surname? I don't know. It was Agi 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 Away. It's almost like it's just the two letters A G. You're Of course, you're You're You know, I'm an A G O G. Excellent. Thank What's you. Very your much. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's good. And then uh, you can find it all on Facebook, but I have a school of immortality. I've had uh, many different speakers. I'm actually talking to a couple others, probably have a couple others that need to come on it as well. And, uh, you know, it started out as a five week thing and now it's been uh, almost two whole years. So it's nice. yeah, people are hungry for it. Awesome. Awesome. Anytime. Sounds good. And Craig, we know where to find you. Where you're in all the links. I'm in all the links. All the links. Yeah. Facebook. You you know it. Look at the links. Awesome. (laughs) We love you guys. Thank you so much. And we'll appreciate you so much. Nice to meet you. All right. Talk soon. Bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bless you guys.